I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Elise Lefren. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. This week, we sit down with Randy Stipes, Vice President of IBM Brand Marketing and CMO of The Weather Company. With more than 20 years of experience as a marketer, Randy now serves dual roles at IBM, heading up its brand marketing and as the CMO of The Weather Company, an IBM business. I guess the clue is in her title. Randy joined The Weather Company back in 2004, before the full potential of weather data was even realized back when it was used to package weather-specific lifestyle and outdoor information for the consumer. But these days, weather data is a powerful tool for marketers. It can give brands insights into what their customers need in very specific ways, especially when it's coupled with AI. We started by asking Randy why weather is considered the original influencer. Weather for so long has been in our subconscious, when we think about just how many things it influences in our lives every day from, think about it, when you get up in the morning to what you might eat based on the weather conditions, what you might wear that day, getting the kids ready for school. Certainly in the times of severe weather, it's prompting behavior. So I think when we really stop and we're intentionally thinking about it, weather is impacting every single person on the planet every day and the decisions that they make, big and small. When we think about what that means for a marketer, being able to tap into those consumer behaviors, you know, we always talk about right person, right place, right time. Being able to to tap into those behaviors is golden. It's also more important than ever because our weather is becoming more erratic. Can you give us perhaps some examples of how brands do tap into this weather data? Yeah. Let me first talk about the data, and then we can't talk about it without talking about the insights, because you can get weather data a lot of places. Weather data itself is a commodity. You have to look at the fidelity of that data and the accuracy of that data. But it's really the insights that brands are craving so that they don't have to do the interpretation themselves. So I'll give you a few examples. We know that there are specific weather conditions that impact how one's body produces insulin. But a pharma company, for example, partnering with them and giving them those insights so that they can perhaps market their diabetes drug at the right time and better understand the conditions that are going to drive the insulin or lack of insulin production is really important to someone's well-being. Another example, a little less serious, but all the more, you know, quite relevant. I love what Elf Cosmetics is doing. They started with a key insight. You know, the best marketers always start with a key insight about their audience. And we helped them learn that over 80% of people will make decisions about their personal care and their beauty regime based on weather. And so they actually created a holiday campaign this past year. Using that insight, they wanted to drive viral buzz. Apparently, they have this cult product called the Halo Glow Liquid Filter. And they used this insight that they brought to life through their Glow Storm campaign. We helped them uncover just the right conditions that might be right for that product and when to market it. So it really runs the gamut. Those are just two examples. When we look across industries, weather's relevance is everywhere. It's more than then checking the weather and going, I need an umbrella today. It goes, runs a lot deeper than that. Because weather's relative. So for example, Elise, where are you from originally? SoCal. Okay, SoCal. 
Damien. From the northeast of England, York. So, for example, I'm imagining, keep me honest here, if it was 65 degrees in Southern California, you might be reaching for a jacket. Yeah. Right? I would too. That's pretty typical consumer behavior. But Damien, 60 degrees might be a good reason to dine al fresco, grab a pint with your friends. Might be going to the pub to sit outside one of those picnic tables and have, you know, obviously wear a jacket, but it's not cold, is it? No, it's all relative. And so for a brand to tap into that relativity to guide their marketing allows them to take more of a nuanced versus one-size-fits-all approach. So Randy, when would you say you became like first interested in weather? I think I began to, to really understand and appreciate the influence of weather. Growing up, where nearly every single year, my family had to evacuate our home from the threat of wildfires. So like you, I grew up in Southern California in Santa Barbara. You think of Santa Barbara and for people that know it, they only think of like the beautiful coastlines. But this was an area prone to drought. And therefore, when those Santa Ana winds kicked up, you just knew like it was a recipe for disaster. Fortunately, my parents never lost their home. But those kinds of, unfortunately, it's sometimes those those tragedies that leave these indelible marks. It imprinted some very early memories on just how how volatile weather is and how important the technology is and the science is now so that we can actually can't control it, but we can predict it and we can be better prepared. I guess we need to ask you a little bit about the AI technology that the weather company uses and how it's, you know, being deployed to help drive this opportunity that you're talking about in lots of ways. You know, I know AI has been around, but can you talk a little bit about the AI human combination and how that enables marketers to help them be agile, nimble, etc.? AI is probably the only thing that's surpassing weather in terms of how much people are talking about it these days. Uh, very hot topic. And you're right. I mean, AI, while it's certainly becoming more and more pervasive, when we look at it through the lens of atmospheric science, so we have to start there, like the foundation of our business, our meteorology, it's been around for decades. And my personal belief system, as well as the weather company, I share the philosophy that the technology is invaluable, but not without the partnership of actual humans. In this case, with meteorologists, it really is a partnership for how do you augment the human expertise that in this case, meteorologists can bring to the table? How do you give them the tools so that when we're forecasting weather, AI is what allows us to look at more locations more quickly, but you have to have this over-the-top meteorological expertise that we put on top of it in order to get at that true accuracy. You'd be amazed, I will not name names, You'd be amazed how many weather providers do not staff meteorologists. That is shocking. It is. And we're talking about having, you know, potentially life-saving information. And then the insights that I was describing earlier, you know, AI is invaluable in that. And so I hope for certainly our industry, but I think more broadly, everyone's experimenting right now and it's cool, but I'm hopeful that we can get to a place where we're using AI more purposefully. I mean, I feel like that's a major reason behind like the rebranding of IBM Watson advertising into the weather company. We went back to our roots. Listen, we are big fans of AI, are going to continue to use AI, excited about the technology. No one can decisively own AI. We can decisively own the weather. What I'm interested in is how brands access this data. You know, what's the interface between the brand and you? 
Yeah, because we can talk about the cool facts and the fun facts all day, right? If it's not actionable. What we've done is taken all of this data, analyzed 41,000 zip codes, over 30 weather variables. So it's not just rain. It's like rain, mist, dew, really getting down to the nuances of all of these variables. We look at that every 15 minutes and we packaged it into what we refer to as weather triggers. We have over 400 different weather triggers. So the examples that we were talking about with the relativity of weather in both of your your hometowns, those insights have been packaged into triggers that a brand can certainly access and run across the weather channel properties or consumer properties, but we don't want to be a walled garden. So what we've done is take those triggers, that decisioning, partnered with the trade desk, with DSPs and SSPs across the ecosystem so that no matter how a brand is activating their campaign, they can take advantage of the data. One of the interesting things too about that is that it means that campaigns can be deployed very quickly on the basis of that data. I mean, we like to say that's how a brand can make money at sleep, right? Like you have to be able to go ahead and set that up so that it very quickly react to the, you know, the ever-changing conditions. And because our weather is becoming so erratic, marketers have to be nimble to respond to those really, really crazy volatile conditions. And if anything, it's getting crazier. I mean, last summer in London, for instance, it was, you know, off the charts hot. And I think it's a great opportunity for AC manufacturers to move into the UK market. I was going to ask you, actually, which categories do you think are best placed to leverage weather data? We can connect weather to pretty much any category when we think about going back to all the decisions that one makes. But I think more obvious categories, CPG, retail, for example, we have a great partnership with CVS, who really, both of us as brands, share the values and that we're committed to people's well-being. And being able to go ahead and take something like weather and allergies, weather and breathing, you know, weather and cold and flu, and provide people better understanding of how weather impacts their health and then drive them in store. Certainly insurance for brands that are looking to reach people at that right moment and provide a level of of reassurance and trust before, during, and after a storm. We have a lot of longstanding partners who have really crafted their entire go-to-market and providing that level of empathy to people who rely on them. Well, I also feel like it opens up new levels of creativity when it comes to like certain campaigns. Is there a campaign you can like pinpoint that you think is a good example of that? One that I thought was particularly well done, popular rideshare brand. What's the weather condition that you think that they might trigger to encourage people to do a rideshare? Rain. Right. You would think that. Certainly relevant, but as they were trying to drive their sustainability message, what they actually leaned into was air quality and humidity, and that performed really well. So they really went deeper to understand the the conditions that were going to drive that behavior. On a separate note, Randy, you are the CMO of the weather company, but you're also the VP of IBM brand marketing. How do you balance this dual role? It seems like a lot. It is. It is. But I think a few things. One, I have phenomenal teams. Two, I've 
long been with the weather company and feel so, so fortunate and privileged to help build and evolve this company and build this brand. I was asked about 18 months ago to take on some additive responsibility. I I joke that it was a little bit of a side hustle. Really a great, great honor and privilege to help look at the IBM brand, an iconic brand, more than a century-year-old brand, and be part of a project to launch IBM's new brand platform, Let's Create, as we're continuing to invest in and innovate the IBM brand, which is really about how are we collectively using technology? How are we partnering to use technology in creative ways to solve problems? And so it's always a delicate balance, but I've felt really fortunate to have been part of that project while still continuing to steward the Weather Company brand. The Weather Company was listed in the Top 10 of Morning Consult's most trusted brands reports and named by YouGov as the most trusted news site. I mean, what are you doing right to get all these accolades? We're so honored by both of those distinctions. But I think the reason why we've been successful is like, again, we love the industry accolades, but that is something that is so deep rooted in the company culture. That's not something where marketing is submitting an award or looking to do a specific campaign. It's in our DNA across the company where we look at what are the actual problems that we can solve for people. Certainly, there are always ideas that we have, but we really listen to our customers. We have more than 400 million people who come to us every month. That's a massive responsibility. Wow! And so we listen to them and the information that they're craving, like air quality, for example, and how can we possibly develop something that's not going to only give you the current index, but maybe more of a forecast. And I think that is what ultimately leads to the trust is when we're solving problems. And also in today's incredibly divisive world and society that we're living in, we let the science do the talking. You know, we're not here to editorialize. I certainly have my own opinions. But we, we let the science and the data do the talking and leave it, the interpretation, up to others, which is why I think we appeal across both sides of the aisle. Is there anything else that weather data could help us in terms of like the well-being of our planets? I think on a few levels. So I think first the well-being of our planet, you have to we have to look at it first on a micro view and then we have to look at a macro view. So one of the things that is so fascinating, inherently we know this, but I don't think we've studied it and invested in it enough, is the impact of weather on people's mental health. 70% of people check the weather at least once a week to manage a health symptom, but 82% of people say that the weather impacts their mood and how they feel. And what's really interesting is that we're seeing that number even higher with the younger generation that are very in tune to their their mental health, that are very open to sharing how they're feeling. And so I think before we look at the, the broader planet, like we almost have to look at an individual basis and what we can affect and what we can help people understand. And if we give people the data to help better understand the correlation between weather and mental health, We can't solve that crisis, and it is a crisis, but if we can kind of reduce the cognitive load to help people understand what might be impacting them so that they can get help, I'd like to think we've done a very, very small part in addressing a global crisis. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very powerful way of using the data. Besides AI, what other like technologies are you looking into or are excited about at this time? One of the things that I think is 
going to be fascinating. I would say we're very much in like the early days. But how we start using weather potentially in simulation, you know, in gaming, like, I don't know, maybe there's a weatherverse out there. You know, I don't think that anything can replace the current physical world in which we live, especially when we're talking about weather, but just given the pervasiveness of gaming and given the next generation that we know that we need to reach to build our, you know, future-proof our business and future-proof our brand, I'd like to think that there's a really interesting way to start incorporating weather in some of those liquid reality experiences, if you will. Oh, I love that. There's two, at least two buzzwords there, weatherverse and liquid reality. <laughs> and I think you heard it here first. To what extent does the weather company's data play into the weather channel, which is the consumer-facing, you know, screen, I guess, for people? Um, what's next for the weather channel? Well, the data is everything. It's foundational. It's what drives all of our consumer experiences. We have three consumer brands, Storm Radar. So for all of the radar geeks and fanatics, highly encourage you to take a look at that lesser known app, but really interesting experience. We have Weather Underground and then the Weather Channel, the flagship brand. Okay, you heard it here first. We'll break some news. We'll tease some news. But in all seriousness, we're really looking for ways in that app and on weather.com in that experience to go beyond the forecast. You know, we talked about weather's correlation to health and well-being. How do we go beyond the functional everyday needs of people and start to translate the weather into things that are going to help people remove that cognitive load and better connect weather to things happening with their health, with their well-being. It's not just enough to keep people safe. That's foundational. It's where we start. It's the everyday decisions that we're driving. And so later this year, be on the lookout. You'll see some major changes coming to the experience. We want to continuously look at ways that we can provide meaning in people's lives. That's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next time we'll be speaking with Andrea Palmer, the president of Publicis Health Media. I think that there's so much to information transfer uh, in healthcare that you have to be innovative in order to break through. The Current podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love and Caliber. The Current team includes Chris Brooklier and Kat Fessy. And remember... No one can decisively own AI. We can decisively own the weather. I'm Damien. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next time.